2: and with me to get stuck into some um, Anfield Index Discord user questions uh, during this barren, the most barren of international breaks. I do have the rest of the crew. I've got the Dynamic Sports Science Duo. Um, they can't wait to get stuck into all your injury questions. Can you, say? Can you, Phil? It's all good. It good. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you enjoying international break, fellas? I don't know. How long is this going on for, no, I'm <laughs> not enjoying it.
3: Yeah. I um, literally uh, I, I just realised today that there were football going on and I needed to put some minutes in the fatigue index because I hadn't paid any attention to any of the games of anybody was playing. So brilliant. That that's
4: convenient, sir I think we should be taking them in because Italy lost to England. I, he, I, 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 think, heard, I, I, I didn't even take any
2: notice. <laughs> yeah. And you just heard him. It's our it's our dynamic data collector. It's Daniel Rhodes. Evening, yeah. Rhodesy. Well, it's it's good to have a pod that we're not talking about a defeat. I'll say that. <laughs> 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 well, you've got that very special pleasure next week when I'm on holiday and I'm going to Tenerife for ten days. So uh, you've got yeah. the you're going to be on hosting duties for the next two Rhodesy. So all could be all kinds of fun and games. Could be. Right. Nice. So we have some questions. We'll have lots and lots of listener questions from you lovely Discord people. And um we I only gave about a half hour window to get questions in. And wow, didn't we have some um, did we have some feedback? And the number one topic by a long way in the list of questions was injuries. So let's get straight stuck into them. We've got some tactical stuff, we've got some recruitment st- club structure stuff, and we've got some Jude stuff as well. But we, you know, we are going to get stuck into those um, injury related questions. And I'm going to start off say si, with talking about what we kind of what we talked about for 10 minutes at the start of the Real Madrid pod, which was the Badgetich injury and the um, the subject of stress related injuries in young players. Because this is he's our third guy, third kid. In a year, who's had a stress-related injury of some kind? We had Kai Gordon as well, and uh, and Curtis Jones as well. All slightly different stress-related injuries, but you know, nonetheless, you know, overuse, you know, fatigue-related stress injuries, and as well as you know, serious injuries to Calvin Ramsey since he signed last summer from Aberdeen. So, as fans, right, should we be concerned by this? Is there any way that these things could be related? And could it be anything systemic based on how we train our young players?
3: Well, Calvin definitely
2: has nothing to do with
3: Liverpool. He came injured. Um and it was a gamble that that uh, he wasn't as injured as we as he seemed at the time. And one way or the other, it's a long term thing, and and worst case he will be out <coughs> for a year, first year of his five year career year contract. And it's just turned out that way. He'll be fine. Um he's just grown and you, these things happen, typical stress thing. Um, no, typical stress thing is CJ. Um, his was a knee, a patella knee thing. So uh, the other three very much are Liverpool responsibilities and can be, I don't know, credited, attributed to strategies and processes implemented by Liverpool's training and playing um Coaches uh, no, thinking because uh, and planning because we set their loads were because they were playing for Liverpool and Garen yeah. Ramsey wasn't. Um, both Cade and uh, I've even heard of Harvey talks about this way, but it's different. Uh, but um, both Cade and Bechetic, uh played for us from a very uh, played for for the first team squad at a very young age so the, the important thing is it's not about minutes for first team football on a ma- in a match first team squad training the step up between um academy into um pro squad is like is is dramatic so there is at least one um, level of magnitude of um training load, on a first-team player as opposed to uh, an under-18s footballer. Um, so you hear very often that our kids get a little exposure. You get the talented ones from the, from the lower squads called up and they'll play one or two training sessions and they'll build up over time. But that's not what happened with these two. They went straight in, one at at pre-season uh, by Jetic and Cade as soon as he signed, but um, he come in in extreme circumstances uh, from Derby having been called up after lockdowns. So he was literally a child um, being called into first team training at Derby County because academy had been closed down completely. So there was no academy training. So he'd gone from four months of no training at all into first team training, but they tried to um, drip feed him in. They needed to play him because he was good enough. So he 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 immediately went from two training sessions a week to five training sessions a week within within six weeks. But then four weeks after that, he he was signed for Liverpool. Um, So there was no moment for his body to adapt. Do you remember the acute chronic workload ratio? That's exacerbated. That's exaggerated with um, whilst kids are growing and Cade is still growing right now as we speak. Um, So. Uh, he looks like a different kid than he did uh, six months ago, but definitely when he last played for Liverpool, 14 months ago. Um, So I think he's grown nearly five inches since then. Um, And he still seems to be on that spurt. So stress-related issues come from overuse, mainly whilst growing on tendons. uh, And it tends to be an uh, at the origin of the tendon. So where the bone meets, where the tendon goes into the bone is around there. And that's where the pain comes from. And uh, Caden, Shetich have the, exactly the same injury.
4: So so combining coming into the first team training, as well as then coming into the first team playing, like Bocetich has done, and then the intensity of the games, and then the frequency, like you said, it was 11 games with minutes in each game in a row. yeah. So this is a question that I was asked as well. How, how do you how, how do you find out then a player's capability of playing certain minutes? How do you find out what their potential load could be without them playing? Well, you
3: you're constantly monitoring their internal um, signals, so heart rate variability. Some clubs monitor uh, a thing called um, creating kinase, which is a stress response to training, um, like. um, There are lots of internal measurements. External measurements would be um, their running performance and how fast and how high they jump and that kind of stuff. So you're monitoring those things as well to look for any kind of breakdown um, or signs of stress. Problem is they don't have a baseline of those things because they've never experienced anything like those stress levels before. And they come in the first team, they're suddenly playing two games a week in Bajetic. And um, when you're playing at, at youth level, you're playing average a game every nine days over the course of a season. And, it, and the season isn't very long when you're at that age either. You're talking like 18 games a season.
0: Yeah.
3: So it's tricky. You have to gradually build up that load. Do you remember when we were talking with Trent that, um, that there should be no more than um, a 30% increase minutes on minutes? Season you know, season, I was going to yeah. say so. You normally say up until about 20% 20, increase, up until in the 21.
5: yeah. So these guys really should only be having a 20% increase, but we have no baseline to increase it on from, yeah.
3: Well, they do because they're internal from the club, so they know exactly how many minutes they've, they've played. The what well, it's not even minutes, they know exactly how much they've run in training, yeah. and yeah. it should be uh, uh a no more than a 30% increase on se- previous season. And... And both of those had uh, at least 100%. Are
1: you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs, and what's his can, can
3: we and mostly that 100% was even only on half a season yeah yeah so they had with... they had 100% of the whole season on half a season's worth of time yeah can we throw Curtis in with these two with a similar thing or is it, is, is, is it no Curtis did grow so he's got one of those and, and his his yeah I there was no jumping in, in his playing time or isn't he in his training time, he'd been, he'd been consistently a member of first team squad for four years, pretty much. Mm. If anything, he's not playing enough for his development, but they've been, he's just had a couple of really freak injuries and he just got this. is It is similar to uh, what you would see as tendonitis, but it's just uh, like a, at the top of his tibia. So and,
5: is this, is this similar to some of the stuff Gerard went through when he was a kid? Just to give people uh, some context. Well, Ger- Gerard's much closer to
3: what Cade and B- uh, Bajetic went through.
5: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like what? what yeah, what, when Julio arrested him, yeah, didn't Gerard he? And took him out of games and that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, and and then he got his brother to take his teeth out. For sure, <laughs> <laughs> because his teeth are going to fix his back problems. Because he used to have back problems. If he you did. remember, but, the back, yeah. but in the olden days, we used to think backs were just backs, and now we know that it's below or above the joint that causes the pain.
4: Yeah, yeah. So the flip side to that is then one of the questions was, why has Elliot been immune? Because he started playing earlier. Is he not growing the same? Is, he not, is it not a physical thing? <laughs> why is he not getting... Well, why is he not at risk of injury? That brain...
3: second further question, say it again. Is he... Well, yeah. Why has he been immune? No no, playing... no, 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 no. You answered it. Is he not...
4: Growing as much, yeah? He's not growing at all. He yeah. stopped growing when he was
3: 12 but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. yeah that, 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 so that's me. it so he so he so it's not about age it's about the older you get right so i this is this is very um, old analogy in essence right when you are 17 you have uh, filet mignon as muscle by, by the time you get to 40 it's it's stewing steak Right, so you lose the collagen, you lose elasticity, all that stuff. Um, there is there is a peak moment of of where you have the perfect um, tendon stiffness and flexibility and reactivity. And as you stop as you stop growing, so that that's a, like a four year window from the first moment you stop growing, and then it starts to age. Yeah, um, and different people it ages at different speeds, and all that, and it depends how you live your life and all that stuff, but. Up until you get to that peak, that that beginning when you stop growing, you are growing, and that tendon has different qualities throughout from one end to another until it fixes. And you've got Caden but You've seen Byshetic grow as we're watching him this season. Those guys, their muscles and tendons are growing and forming as we speak. And Harvey stopped four, four or five years ago. So he has the, the the physiological maturity, despite being a midget,
5: of a twenty-five-year-old. Yeah, does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. hugely. So, do you think Morton going on at Blackburn has helped him out? I um, I've no idea. I, I I I
3: honestly I don't. I've not paid any attention to him at all. I don't. I no, just meant in terms of getting minutes and that
5: kind of thing. In terms of, yeah, uh, yeah
3: it is much more because he has been around the first team squad for a couple of years anyway. So he has been in yeah. around first team training and then goes off and gets he gets to live like a professional. So he should come back as long as he doesn't break. He should come back physiologically um yeah. primed to play. Yeah, whether he does or not like that's a different yeah. discussion but yeah, so that, that makes right, sense.
5: Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: But he'd stopped growing is the bottom line. It's the growing <laughs> yeah. thing. Which is a huge, which is a huge component of this. If you remember,
5: Stevie didn't stop growing until he was twenty-two. That's also an issue for Elliot, right? Because he's literally the stature and the build he's going to be for the rest of his career now.
3: Yeah, but in this in this specific topic, yeah,
5: it's a big event. He, about- about- yeah, 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 yeah. I oh, get yeah,
3: what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So we go
4: to the next question, which is Dan's? Um And the return of Jota and Firmino's form has been shockingly bad. Should we be concerned? We'll at you, Phil. Should we be concerned? And then possibly, did we expect a similar long time of getting back to a level of
5: form from Diaz? Uh, Two-part there. I think think they're both different ends of their career, right? So I think Bobby's is kind of... Um, I think this is the decline of his, of his tanning of his career, should we say. Uh, he had a peak moment. We've all gone through that many, many times on the pod. And I, I don't think he, he, he doesn't show any signs of returning to that. Um, and as quite rightly just said, as you get older, things turn from, I can't remember, a prime state to, you know, a uh, chump, So uh, even said, it's just, it's very very easy to pick up results or repeated injuries. He's not playing as much, so he's going to pick that up. So I think Bobby is, is kind of where he's going to be, and that's probably why we've said on the pod that it's good that he is leaving at the, the end of the season. Jota, I, uh, I feel, is probably a, a concern, but then that's equally, every time he's come back from an injury, we've needed him to play. So he's gone in, I would suggest, Maybe not primed, not done a consecutive number of training sessions. Remember when Klopp uh, first came to the club and in our peak years, it was, I think it was four training sessions or four training sessions before they were considered. Um, I'm not Jota recently, it's just come straight back in, has come in, you know, and he's picked up another injury. Uh, I think Inter weight being the last time that that, that kind of happened but on a pretty big stage. So I think it might be a result. It'd be interesting. Personally, um I think both of those might not be at the club in the, in the next season uh, for different reason. The Bobby's going, but Jota, at some point, you've, you've got to make a decision of you going forward. Um, well, the, the club will know whether they feel so he's going to come back and what the state of his, his ankle. He seems to have done the same ankle numerous times. Um, so is it going to be better? I'm, I'm not sure the club will have better information on that. In terms of Diaz, I think we've said on here as well, For me, that is a concern because I think so, correct me, I think he's done the reverse side of his knees, or he's done the inside on one and the outside on the other. Um, And as we've seen with Virgil, with Gomez, and it takes a long time to come back. You know, there's normally a period of time for things to harden and your body to get right. And then there's a period of time for you to get back to being playing. You know, um, so I, I don't think we should expect Diaz to be returning in any state or form I think i said uh, this season. I think you really should look at next season if, if it, to to return back to being properly into his groove, um, and we can properly assess the impacts of of those injuries on on Diaz's knees. I mean that the the problem is the movements, and and Diaz has been quite dynamic in his in his lateral movements. So the extent of the impact of those knee injuries would concern me, but. We shall have to see when he starts training again. So long and short of it, Bobby's, I think, is a terminal decline um, and that he is off. Jota, personally, I think he has the rest of the season to prove that he can return to those or the the, the numerity of ankle injuries are going to have, have an impact. And Diaz, I would expect that we will utilise the end of the season to when he does return to training to get him ready and we'll we'll assess him at the beginning of next season. If that helps, Rosie. It does. I think Dan's back.
2: I am, but for who for how long, who knows, Rosie? I've shifted location <laughs> as well. So I hope the sounds okay. It um just a quick one, say um, on this, because we 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 have discussed this before. Is, is there any kind of rule of thumb about how long a player is out versus how long it takes them to get back to their uh, peak physical uh, condition? Uh,
3: so, yeah, yeah, anything anything above a grade one, it typically takes. Uh, sports science would suggest that, that it te- it's about as long as you're out is as long as it takes for you to come back to. Uh, peak efficacy
2: OK because in that case Jota was out pretty much August till what February pretty yeah. much that's, yeah. that's six months right so you're looking at basically starting next season for him and then and Diaz has been out for a total of what five months
5: yeah it was, it, was, it was Arsenal away wasn't
2: it yeah
5: and then it was Dubai in January
2: yeah so, so um, he, he was at, he's been out since October.
5: But then he so, spends all that class team ready to go in, in Dubai.
2: Yeah. But then a relapse. But he hasn't literally. played anyway. Yeah. So you're looking at basically Diaz, if if he can make any kind of meaningful contribution in the last block of games, then you know I think you're looking next season, really. You're yeah, next season exactly.
3: to build him up. yeah. I, I'm actually a little bit more bullish than you guys about him. Um, um I because I think because of street baller by nature of him i think he comes back in less consistent form but you will see three or four moments of brilliance again like he just won't be able to do it as consistently but you'll still see him take three players on so he won't be that far away from the thing we actually see we, we're used to because that's who he is in the first place he's he'll just be um more intermittently Brilliant, but still a a flashes of brilliant street baller. But that's not who the other two are. No, like Bobby. Bobby was the ultimate perfect street functioning machine, German refined street baller. Mm. And then, and set up to seventeen, eighteen, and then we saw we saw uh, that more seldom, less regular but he's still carried on being the, the autonomic German machine. Uh, and then the machine parts started to fall off um, and we're yeah. getting less of both. Uh, we've, we've got the freak tap-ins. He's got like nine tap-ins this season. Um, but like, that's just a freak spike of numbers that the ball's going
2: in and off his arse at home he's outperforming his ex ski by almost over four and a half goals at home. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just
3: it's lots of lots of freak stuff. If you look at the actual goals, lots of stuff has gone his way. And and and, and like yeah. with goal scorers, that happens all the time. You you see these freak periods where yeah. where the ball just bounces right in front and he gets a tap in.
2: Yeah. Alan Shearer yeah. went Is through we're, we're, we're focusing really here on performance rather than the goals, that's why yeah, we're asking, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay, all right. I think well, the
3: line has been significant like way beyond, way before this period now,
0: hasn't
3: yeah. It? Before yeah, yeah, his injuries. Yeah. He peaked, yeah. Bobby peaked
5: six years ago, yeah.
0: I, I would say,
5: I would say, say Josh has not recovered from that inter-away injury, really, performance mm-hmm. wise.
3: But yeah. even then, we still, I think on here, we had a different opinion of Jota than most anyway. For sure. We were always talking about how how he was uh, like a high presser, but he wasn't in build-up phase. Yeah. So, kind of a luxury, And but he would still get goals. He was beyond the XG. That's yeah. what he was. So... We need, I my guess is that we need a functioning team, a really, really well functioning team to afford Gary Lineker in the team. Yeah, it's,
2: Can
5: it's, it's carry on player. Yeah, it's a fair I
3: point. I think Harry is still, is still a little bit pejorative. Yeah, it, okay. it's just that he doesn't do all Bobby does all of the stuff or yeah. did all of the stuff, and different players have different skills, and you've got to marry them together. And and like we've talked about in the last few weeks, we've got more than one player that has that is missing one of the key components of yeah. a well-functioning. That's all. So- and, and, and but Diaz does have a little bit of that, so maybe it, it affords Jota a little bit more scope to 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 find a bit of form.
2: Okay so that's 20 minutes on two questions chap so we're <laughs> really up, to, up up the cadence on, on, so I'm going to whistle stop through the next few right this next one's from Ali G um <laughs> Ali G uh, <laughs> do you um right so looping back to the athletic article from Simon Hughes in um the autumn about the medical the arguments in medical staff um with the passing of time since that report, do you think the constant injury crisis the club is faced with is due to us having a large amount of players that are injury prone or the, or are the methods used by the staff uh, leading to breaking our players? Sorry, gut feel.
3: There's gut feel. There is some insight from talking to the actual people, but can I, can I answer this? What can I answer with one thing? Right. Um, Right. Uh, I can give some general factors that could be contributing to the injury crisis at Liverpool. Injury-prone players. Some players may be more susceptible to injuries due to their genetics or body structure or past injuries. Signing a large number of such players could contribute to a high injury rate. Two, training intensity and methods. If the training methods and intensity are not tailored to individual players' needs and recovery times, there could be a higher risk of injuries. Three, fixture congestion. A congested fixture schedule might force players to play more games in a short period of time, leaving to ins- insufficient recovery uh, and for a sustained period. Four, playing styles. The playing style of a team could also contribute to higher injury rates. High intensity pressing and physically demanding style may increase likelihood of injuries. And five, lack of rotation. Not rotating the squad regularly could lead to fatigue, overuse and ultimately injuries, right I'll explain that this bunch in a second uh with one um le- with one statistic this season first ten games of the season we re- we rotated two point one times a game last season in the first ten games of the season we were we rotated three point one times per game. That's your rotation difference. there is a reason for that, but what do you think to those answers? Do they seem to fit?
2: Well, it sounds like you were quoting somebody's paper there, say.
3: I was quoting chat GPT. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I was going to say that you just typed that in. Yeah, I was going to say it's brilliant. <laughs> Do
3: agree I, I with- typed in the question and I couldn't have answered it any. But all of those criteria, my point was, all of those criteria... Explain Liverpool's issue. They, yeah, yeah. they literally are. They. They. It's a tick to all five of those things. Yeah. That's why we're so bad. So, so we have done all five of those issues.
2: So, in answer to the question, there are injury prone players which contribute, but it's not just that. And there, there are decisions being made by coaching staff and conditioning staff which are having an impact as well. But it's not just yeah. that.
3: And, and we had bad fixture congestion last season, which <coughs> caused it. And we have we have the high intensity pressing of last season and the previous five seasons, and then we had a lack of rotation this season. So we we ticked all five of those boxes, and this is the consequence. Let me just run for a couple of uh, extra numbers. This uh, is the quick answer, um, by the way. Yeah, quick. Sorry, quick answer is quick uh, eighteen nineteen. We had four point three uh, games missed per injury. 2021, we had 5.5, 5, uh, five no, 1920, 5.5 games missed. Uh, in the big year, 2021, we had 6.4 games missed per injury. Last season, 3.2 games missed per injury. And this season, 6.7 games missed per injury. We actually don't have more incidences of injury, just the injuries that we do have, have a greater time period out. So they're overlapping. So we've got more injuries per game. Yeah.
4: I also but, think kind well, of ironic, down that um, AI chat beat GPT didn't mention zone seven AI. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: you can always tell chat beat chat GPT it's wrong and it'll learn <laughs> from it, don't you? But anyway, um, yeah. but do you... Um, um, I guess the counterbalance to any theory about this season is that you know the 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 is what happened last season with injuries and and the availability and the rotation. Yeah, season. but
5: yeah. I think as I just said, like that that is imparted on this season. I think the other mm. thing I would add to size stuff there, which is brilliant, is recruitment. You know, yeah. our recruitment strategy has changed from Tiago. Probably, you know, we used to recruit players that could do X, Y, Z, and that used to be our tick sheet. Right? I'm I'm mm. not sure. I'm not convinced we've stuck to that. Probably since Thiago and Canato, yeah which has then led on to players being brought in that have added the size so that you get more injury-prone players, or players that have a don't have that load built up. Therefore, when they are susceptible, when they are uh, exposed to that load, they get injuries. Yeah. It's it, it's unfortunately where we are as a club, you know. Yeah. Last last number for for the city game, right?
3: Um, we will pass the, the previous Premier League total for games missed. Yeah. And we'll still have Ten. eight games left? Oh, yeah. Ten games left. And well, that was our record, wasn't it, so? It
2: was
3: our record from, <laughs> from it be two our record years with ago. 10 games we'll, we'll beat Brilliant. our record from two
2: years ago. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, right. Now, this one's definitely a quick fire round because we did it on the last international break. But for Diego M92, hamstring injury, Sai. How do our current levels of hamstring injuries this season compared to the league average for top clubs? So this is just kind of a refresher question. Yeah, it's shit. So it's, it's particularly bad. Hamstring is particularly bad.
3: Uh, yeah, I think... I. Oh, man, where is that date? I can't remember where I uh, stashed we, those... We numbers. could just
2: refer Diego to the last part where we went through the data on this, but it's yeah, really bad, right? Yeah,
3: yeah yeah. yeah, 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 it's terrible. And in that, in that pod, do listen to the previous one. We, um, I went through, um, U- uh, UA for study data on it as well. Yeah. So in the top was- leagues, in the top teams. Uh, off the top of my head, it's something like f- there's five five incidences a season from most teams, and we had like 24 or something like that. But uh, right. I, I'm I'm really pulling stuff out of my ass because I can't find
2: the number. It was the it was the, it was the pod after Conate got injured. Yeah, and He yeah. was out for six weeks, wasn't it? Brentford was it after that? Uh, Brentford, no, um, no, it was Virgil. Anyway, some, yeah. anyway, that was the pod. So that's what you need to call. But yeah, uh, okay. There's your answer for that one, Diego. Um, uh, Brighton, Brighton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when he made that shackle. Yeah, when he was stretching on McAllister. Uh, next one from Patrick A. Um, Tite, seems like Thiago was missing more games. He's been out much longer than initially expected. Do we know why? Uh, is this bad for the future? Is it more likely to reoccur?
3: Rec fam, it's already recurrent. It's the second time it's recurred. It's, it's likely to recur again. So, yeah.
2: And the more times it happens, the longer it takes to recover each time. Yeah. Okay. Is this just an A and, thing? And with he, is,
3: him? he is older than he was the last time it happened. That's another big factor.
2: So reclam, that's hip, yeah?
3: Yeah. It's the so, big, big it's the big uh, kicking muscle. Yeah.
2: So basically this looks like, you know, kind of thing that, you know, older players it's just like a car start to break down more often, more serious things, you know, tend to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um Rosie, I'm going to come to you on Rosie on this one right first. Um, from oh One Shoe Blues. Yeah. Uh, Virgil was interviewed a few weeks back when he returned from his hamstring injury. He mentioned the break had been good as, a, as it allowed his knee to settle down. Um, we, I, I always thought he would fully recover at some point. Is that unrealistic? Is his drop-off due to his, him managing his knee? Will he never be the player he was or do we just need to manage him better? So, Rosie, we've been talking about Virgil all season, right from the Fulham game, haven't we?
4: We have, we have. Players tend to know themselves well, don't they? So they tend to know um, how, how tired they are or how fatigued either the mind mm. or the body. When you've had such a serious injury like that, I'm guessing it's going to be kind of at the back of your mind. Um, is it unrealistic to think he's going to get back to his absolute peak? Yeah, I think so.
2: Because it, it because it's level December to May was pretty damn high. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I thought it was peak. I thought that, I thought, you know, that was peak
6: Virgil. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL index. We don't just have the Anfield index stuff. We've got EPL index as well, which covers the entirety of the premier league. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable, hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League Match week, so make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you, bye bye. Yeah,
4: not, sh- yeah, I'm not sure it was the absolute peak of Virgil. I think he had that one season in 1920 where 1819,
2: 1819, where he was virtually untouchable. Um, yeah, he should have won
4: Ballon d'Or, but can he? can he get back to a level where he could be one of the top five centre-halves in the country I think so I'm not I'm not saying you know Virgil at 90%
2: is that yeah um, still still better than most defenders but yeah I don't think we can expect him
4: to get back to his to his absolute beast mod
2: yeah Si you love talking about Virgil what do you think on that question from One Shoe Blues
3: um, I thought when he got injured that, uh, we'd seen the best of him. Um, and recovering from ACLs is really hard. He often takes two years to get back to, uh, their best. Two years on from Virgil is 32, 33. Um, he was a physical beast, so he's coming back from a really, really high peak. It's very possible that we'll see it. But like I've said this season, uh, he's going to be an ageing player that plays great against some big teams and then he can't muster it. He doesn't have that heightened state of arousal um, for playing against... I love that expression when you say that. (laughs) It's a psychological term, people.
2: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. But like we saw it right from the Fulham game, didn't we, where um, he he was ropey and, and then the Fulham players just went at him. And you conceded the penalty, didn't he? Right, right from the opening day this season, he's been off.
3: Yeah, but then, but then he pulled it around. And he was amazing at City. And it's yeah. those, Is that, that's say, what we'll see.
2: You say it's by choice, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, controversial one here, Phil, um, from Mason Dixon Red. Uh, I presume he lives on the Mason Dixon line. I think it's in Pennsylvania, I think. But anyway, uh, is, Ro- is Robbo falling off? I don't um, think he's I- fallen off. You think it's think, fallen off? You think he's well, We've, we've is, is said that. Robbo is
5: Robbo post peak? Well, we we have said that on this pod. Mm. That he is consistently the last line, his
2: offsides. We said last pod. But that was even when he was good.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. But I think it's got worse. I think his his dual rate is not as not at his peak. I think we said last pod that if you look at the areas in which the opposition is shooting from it, it is between Virgil and Robbo. There's mm. a big thing I made about Trent and the right, um, side, yeah. the right side. But actually, if you look at the shot maps over the season, the dominant amount of shots is coming from the left-hand side. Mm. Um, I think his output in terms of, I can't, am not going to pull it my ass, but it, it's lower, it's reduced than he was last time. He hasn't got the, I think the second part of the question is about is there a tactical change? Yes.
2: Is this because of Darwin? I think that's a bit hard. And the system, or is it more because of and slash injuries? I think to
5: split those up is he, difficult because he is playing in a in a in a non functioning system. I think he is playing with a different. He's probably played with six different players in front of him. Um, and that's after that's going, good. yeah, from going from four seasons of playing with and you know exactly what patterns you're going to play. Yeah, to true. then play with players that uh, one of them doesn't know how to play a pattern, and two are learning. You know, it, it's going to be it's going to have an impact on his game. I also think, as we've said uh, throughout this season about the the tweaks, should we say, Robbo's being asked to come inside and carry through the middle centrally more than he would have done in previous seasons. It was more just stay wide, keep big uh, and provide uh, height and width on on the left. So that is affecting his game. He is ended up on, I think he's probably taken more shots this season than he has in previous, not that he's getting anywhere near scoring, but so, yes, I think he is falling off. Um, it, defensively, as we've covered on previous pods, a lot of the shots are coming from that side. Um, mm. And his output going forward, he's falling off. And some of that could be down to the system, so not entirely down to his side. Well, that's,
4: that's that's not true, though. His output has not fallen off. His expected assist, ninety is his best Fair ever enough. season, 0.24. Um, his previous Aries was 0.23. His marquee passes per night near this season one point nine six. His previous ice was last season one
2: point nine four. Um, that is so on is, the ball. You're not you're not saying there's anything the alarming. Yes, he,
3: he, exactly. he is exactly. taking more corners. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yes. And Cody's I mean, not, taking not taking any. any yes, I'm just saying he is taking more corners. Well, uh, yeah, it's, and it's, yeah,
5: it's, it yeah. contributed yeah. to those x, x numbers. Yeah, off the ball, I definitely think he's falling yeah, off there.
4: Is is it point four three, which is his lowest for six seasons. His XG build is at point three three, which is his lowest while he's been with us. So yeah, it could be bit, system as well. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, could be system. But his his XA is his highest it's ever been. So yeah, it, it's basically the same. His range is point one nine to point two four over six seasons. Is
2: it's exactly. The same. Um, so I, um, you, I think you were going to come in on on Robbo as well. Anything on the on on the general on the performance on the physical side things with Robbo.
3: No, I, I, I think similar to Virgil, probably less so that we see peaks and troughs with him. Um, he was a machine for a season when he was like twenty six, twenty seven, and he was he he was always good. And it's just hard when you get older. Um, and it's just hard anyway. So it, it generally can only happen in peak seasons. And we just, we can just talk about the specific peak seasons of Virgil and of, of Robbo. He's be, they're both beyond their peak because that's what age does and they become more erratic. Um, Virgil's is greater because he bad injury and he's a little bit older. Robbo is, um, slightly less erratic, maybe, but I think he had a slightly lower peak in the first place and everybody knows when he was informed and you will get people arguing about when he wasn't but they were, but they deep down know he was lying because when he came back there was this crescendo of look he's back or if how could he be back if he wasn't gone in the first place and it was after Simi had a, had a run of games and I think Klopp needs to I don't understand his predisposition with one over the other he needs to rotate the two of them maybe 60-40 I don't care but he needs to, if Robbo's first choice, he needs to make sure that he's primed and ready to and fresh to play his brilliant best in important games so Simi gets to play more. Simi yeah. needs to play twice a month at so, least.
2: So, so yeah. Sounds like um, exactly what you said about Hendo and the way, the, the way that Hendo plays better after, uh, you know, with more rest and stuff. So it so, sounds like you're saying the same thing about Robbo. Football. Well, similar, similar things, yeah.
4: And Robbo's got absolutely manic levels of minutes, hasn't he? Yeah. But on about the defensive side, I've done the pressing this season and some of Robbo's decisions, the pressing-wise, have been absolutely scandalous. He's just left us completely exposed on that side. So, <clears throat> defensively, yes,
5: absolutely. It's, it's a strange... Because, he's doing the minute thing with Trent. He's, we've said on the pods that Trent is being subbed a lot this year. I think it's one of the most suppliers players he's had this season. So, he's doing <laughs> sixty, sixty. 60 it's just, why is he not doing it with the left back when Costas yeah. is probably a more able understudy than Milda will be a right back?
2: Yep. Now, change the topic. No more injury questions. You'd be glad. People who don't like injuries will be glad to know. Um, Rosie, I think this is the most important question we got asked. And it's from Jock the Chalk, and it's the sporting director situation. So, how do we see things currently and moving forward with the sporting director role? Is it a meaningful position? Or is it uh, like this is con- this is conjecture? Um, someone to a ru- simply rubber stamp Klopp decisions. Um, how wise is performing the Lf- L- Liverpool squad evolution slash revolution given recent recruiting business without a proficient person in situ to go over and sanity check targets? So I think Jock is saying there that might have been a slight decline in our targeting and our recruitment process and. Uh, how do you see the whole um, sporting director situation, Roadsy?
4: Uh, well, we haven't got one, have we? And we no. The, the one that we had didn't want to stay for uh, anymore. more. Um,
2: well, so he's still technically there. He's working his well, notes, isn't it's,
4: he? It's clearly, clearly been something's happened um, internally between the relationship of our recruitment um, because Ian Graham's going as well and the management team of Klopp and whoever's with him. Um, I think it's the key key thing going forward for the next two or three seasons, particularly this summer. Um, We need to get a sporting director in before the transfer window opens. Um, Klopp needs to agree to work with them and use their targets. um, And if everybody works together again in the successful model that we had previously, then we can be successful again. If not, if, it, if it's just a, if we, so, and this is it leads to the next question, but if we get someone in who is just going to rubber stamp what Klopp wants, then I think we're just going to fail again.
2: I mean, there's been a lot of people in the stats community, Roadsie, who aren't Liverpool fans, Who are basically calling out have been calling out for about a good year that this is this is kind of there's a kind of like a power grab,
6: by the
2: coaching staff here. Um, But no, this is this is now there's there's some people say well that's just nerds sticking together and you're you're all getting in your nerd bunker and you're you know lashing out at all the jocks who are kicking you and you're kicking sand in your face kind of thing. So you know, um, but do you buy into that? Do you think this is a power grab? And if it is a power grab, can you can you claw that power back once it's been relinquished?
4: Uh, I think it has been a power grab. And I think um, one of, for me, one of Klopp's strengths, I think, is recognising that I hope that he's wrong um, and that he just thinks that what we had previously worked so well, why would he think that he wanted to get more power and influence over transfers? He's brilliant at getting the best out of players, Let's get him the best players, rather than the ones he thinks is the best. Because as we saw with the Salah transfer, he got that wrong and admitted yeah. it. There's plenty of other examples. Yeah. yeah. Recently, um, it's been down to him and it's not working.
2: So, Bart, do you, any of you want to come in on the sporting director?
5: I think I agree with um, Rosie. If you want to go into Ali's question, I think it's...
2: Okay, I'll read it out now. Another one from Ali G. Do we see it as a good sign that Will Spearman has chosen to stay and the possibility of Dave Fallows becoming sporting director? Or could we see coaching staff, again, this is the conjecture bit, could we continue to see coaching staff continue to hold the power when it comes to recruitment? Uh, Is an outside person with no history of being undermined by the coaching staff needed? So
5: I think Spearman choosing to stay, I think I said at the time, is critical considering I think he was offered an NFL contract I think it was so him deciding to stay for me suggests that he's been given some reassurances that all of his work will actually be you know considered Um, the guy from is it Monaco Paul Mitchell with Paul Mitchell uh, that interested me a lot uh, because he seems to have a pretty good reputation, I think he was data led. I can't remember the exact thing. So, well, he left Spurs
2: was... because of interference from uh, Daniel Levy. Yeah, which is, <laughs> but then that
5: shows you he's got he's got a bit of gumph about him, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than taking a pay packet and just this uh, to Levy, so um, that's probably a, mark, a a positive for me. Fellows is, I. I'm uneasy I'm I'm about internal, because of, internal promotion sorry, because I'm not sure it's... I think well, it you need
2: someone coming it, in. It didn't work with okay. Julian Ward, did it?
5: No, and I think mm. you, because the person coming in will have an opportunity to negotiate their contract and get assurances that they will have X, Y, Z. Mm. Whereas there's always a possibility, as we all know, for internal promotion, you just pick up the contract before, which seemingly had a diminished role compared to predecessors. So, yeah, I would be hesitant if Fallows... I mean, Fallows has apparently got a great reputation, but I still would, I would prefer an external coming Can in. Can we just give that. some
2: credit to Dave Fellows. He's been in the analytics side of football yeah. for longer a than long, long anybody else because yeah. he was there at pretty much ground zero, which was Bolton.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, i, I just <laughs>
5: say he's got a very good reputation. Yeah. I just, It's just the internal part of it. I think I prefer someone coming in from external. Yeah. I think you need that big... Like a Paul Mitchell, the guy coming in, bang, there you go. This is what I'm about. I've agreed that I'm going to have this. We've all agreed to work together. Because for me, if we don't get that right, I don't see a a short way out of this situation we're in at the moment. Yeah. The lady said said we're not getting Mitchell in there. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I just say it's an example. I I know we're not getting it now, but I'm just saying we, uh, for me, you need someone like that.
2: Yeah. Coming in. Um, just on um, Dave Fallows, I mean, he was at the the Miracle Bolton side under Sam Allardyce, where they yeah. signed yeah. JJ Acoccia, Fernando Hierro, oh, oh, Joe, were, Kier, you? Joe from, Oh, you're a uh, Gio, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's yeah. like top six, top seven in the Premier League a yeah. couple of seasons in a row. Yeah.
4: And also went to City and gave us their login details. He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so, so maybe. Him. I'm not saying it was him.
5: <laughs> maybe he will do. I just. I always get nervous about internal appointments. I really. Yeah. Do. So
2: um, can I ask a question about uh, Will, uh, Will Spearman to you, as 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 easily our most qualified academic? In fact, one of the most highly ca- academics in in the UK, um, Phil, um, in your field. And um, do you see any situation where somebody like Will Spearman is simply just happy to sit in an ivory tower like yourself no. and just churn out research and for the greater good of football, even if he does no tangible impact on his own direct no. yeah
5: I Generally, no. I mean, you guys know that I, I know people like Will Spearman and the rest of it, and and it. it it just, they're not that kind of people. They're hmm. not. Then this is why I said at the time, him staying is a good sign because okay. it means he's been given some reassurances. It's why Ian Graham is going because they have to have value to their work. It's not yeah. about. The money. Everyone, everyone likes money, right? Please don't say they don't like money. Yeah. But it's about they like to add knowledge to the the subject area yeah. and to be useful and to be uh, rewarded in terms of seeing the outcome of that knowledge creation, not the financial.
2: So Say like all those amazing guys at Barcelona, right? And they're all thinking, Oh, no. well we're, we're great, because the first Barcelona FC don't listen to what we do at all. But we've got we got time to to work for the rest of the world football analytics by churning out all this cutting edge research.
5: And also you, know? you look at their outcome could be they produce Players and they do Do you know what I mean? They they, yeah. they, they might measure themselves differently and they add to the knowledge base. Their academy is still pretty well, yeah. you know, but it, there's lots of yeah. things that they add to it. It's, their it's world, a
2: very so. scientific approach, isn't it? They, they contribute exactly. to the um, evolution of the science, don't they? So, yeah. Exactly.
5: exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I for me, someone like Will Spearman going for me is big kudos to the club. Uh, yeah. It could probably be a second only for Ian Gray and around and saying what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um,
2: Right, Rosie, this is an absolute doozy of a question from T. Saki, right? TK Saki. What do we need to get back to 90-point level?
4: Yeah, cheers. We could do a whole pod on this. Um, <laughs> um, you could ask ChatGPT as well. No, we need to sort the injury situation. <laughs>
2: what does ChatGPT say? <laughs> How do Liverpool get back to 90 points?
4: <laughs> Injuries need to go in our favour. We need a bit of local, more organisation and planning. Um, we need... Um, a lot of recruitment in the summer we need all the backroom staff like we just touched on there to be working together I think that's the key one for me unless we're working together as a club we're not going to get to 90 points um, we need to spend a lot of cash and we need some of our players who have dropped off in terms of performance to get back to their um, normal expected levels and then we also which is linked to injuries we need less of the bit part players to be playing any part Um so, yeah, and we also need better
3: tactical decisions from Klopp.
2: Mm. Sai, how do we get back to 90 point site? Easy one for you, mate.
3: By strengthening their defense. Liverpool have a strong a strong offense, but they struggle with injuries. And it I'm literally waiting team. for this. <laughs> <laughs> Two, by building building squad depth. Liverpool's a talented starting eleven, but they have struggled with injuries and fatigue in recent seasons. By building squad depth, (laughs) by building depth in their squad, they can rotate players and maintain a consistent level of performance throughout the season. Three, maintaining consistency. Liverpool's shown they are capable of achieving a high point total, but they have struggled with consistency at times recently and four by making strategic strategy, strategic transfers Liverpool have a talented squad but they really need to need to strengthen their midfield and maybe add a defender or two
2: a lot of that is, <laughs> this is that, chat GPT I this love it, I love it it's an opinion generating machine
3: it's hilarious
5: it's
2: I've added it it's way better
3: than any Skype pundit. it
2: yeah it's like Paul Merson isn't it um the way I my serious answer to this chaps is um well, first of all, we need to process, right? Because 90 points is just an outcome. So how do you get to ninety points? You need you need a process that will repeat. And the and it, the, the repeatable process with the tools and resources that you've got will get you to a certain level. And then, you know, how far does how far is that level below ninety points? Because this season, what are we? A sixty-two point team, fifty point, fifty-eight point team? What are we? Um Two years yeah. ago, we were a sixty-eight point team. Then we went back up to ninety-two. Um, it's a what is our real baseline at the moment? You know, with with a fair wind, are we even a two points per game team anymore? I'm not sure we are. I don't think we are. Yeah, about a seventy-point team, I'd say. Just yeah, and then you've got a big a delta wind. between that and um, ninety points. has anybody got any of their own answers or more or is it just going to be more chat to g p t if
3: if we can if we can get our good players on the pitch um that we're a, the, we're well above a two point, uh, two point per game team we two point two two point three but we don't have our best players on the pitch long enough that's, that's, that's the bottom 2.2 is
2: ninety it? points yeah I know. It's uh, what I'm so you think we're, you think fundamentally we're still a ninety point team
3: no, because we don't. We our best players can't play 38 games.
2: Okay.
5: I think we need to recruit, like you said, to a process which enables us to get more of our better players on the pitch to supplement the ones we can't get rid of or choose to keep.
2: Okay. Um, right, another doozy of a question. This is another big one um, for the short-term future of the club. On to the tactical questions, Barts. Come to you first. What do we do with Darwin Nunes next season?
5: Yeah, that's a nice easy one, isn't it? Um...
2: So, Patrick said, is it left wing, left wide forward in a 4-3-3, centre forward in a 4-3-3, change of system? Um, Nunes is centre forward up top um, or... Plan not planned for him as a starter but as a cameo player Impact Sub um, but we have to bear in mind he is an £80 million signing which is a fair point
5: It is a fair point I think there's so much wrong with this side at the moment uh, taking on board the, what just said we've got to get our best players on the pitch but we also need to we are clearly going to recruit in midfield in the summer right so we're, we're clearly going to whether we're going to wear two, three, one, whatever we're going to do So for me, I personally think we need to re-establish how our midfield will work with our back four. Um, And I would do that with a more system-orientated three up front. So therefore, for me, until the side was functioning, I would potentially plan um, for Darwin to be a cameo. However, bearing in mind they've, if we've got the back end of the season. They could start doing some of that, but it's you could change the system. I just don't see what I would do and what Klopp would do is different, right? Um I I can't see Klopp going away from a fundamental basics of a forty-three or some something he's tried now. So I, yeah, I. Personally, I think we need to get the rest of the side working well, and then we can introduce. And we've got time to coach with Darwin to bring him in. And for me, he'd be a cameo next season. But he's a lot lost a lot of money to sit on the bench, so it's probably unrealistic. But I think I there's mean, so many parts that are not <clears throat> right with the side that we need to fix first. I mean, to then get him. one
2: the, is the the nuclear option. Of course, is that you could um, decide to um, write him off as a but, bad decision, and then try and get as much as you can for him, and then. Rebuilt, right? With else, that, you know, that, that you know I've already option. said that.
5: You know, I've already said that, and that's uh, officially or right? unofficially, that's probably one of the options I would seriously consider. Yeah, because I'm not committed at all. As we've said, carries a harsh word, and I appreciate that the the, the difference in that. But Diaz is another one that we're not sure now is going to come back. It could be erratic potentially. Yeah. So our ability to get him to play perfectly with an assistant could be could be reduced. Right, so you've got another sign, Yeah, so I, I just think you've got to choose who do you want? Who do you want? Do you want Gap going, well, Cody down the middle, is that what you're going to go with? But therefore, we've got to get a better outlet on the left. So that's not Darwin for me. So, yeah, I, there's a nuclear option of, of moving on or there's a time where you buy some time and you fix the rest of the side and you create a better environment for him to come into Friday. But I don't, I can't see how we do that for the rest of the season, yeah.
2: So. Right, so... Let's, we, we say he's going to come in off his long run here, Bob Willis, in 1981, <laughs> running from the boundary. Say, what do you do with Darwin Nunes next season?
3: Uh, I have no clue. I'm sorry to let you all down, but uh, I, I really have no... I, my guess is you stick him up front and you play Diaz and... Um, Mo otherwise there was no plan it was fucking ridiculous waste of 100 million so I'm I'm going with I guess they had a plan and it must be playing up front otherwise why would you have? why would you avoid?
2: and then fix the midfield behind him the team and defence behind him
3: yeah yeah yeah.
2: Brodzee what would you do with Darwin Nunes next season
4: that just that I, I think if we can get the structure behind him and play him I, I don't see him off the left personally um I hope he will improve his decision making in terms of pressing and synchronicity with the other front three um his numbers are off the scale um hopefully he's at some point he gets a bit hot um or just a steady level and where he just achieves the numbers that he's generating um and we might see a player there, but yeah, they must have had a plan for him and I can't see that that plan was off the left. Follow-up
3: question. question. Do you... Each of us... Who's the better player, Diaz or Darwin? For our system? No, forget this nonsense. I I hate this for our system because we change our system 35 times a season. Who's the better player? Uh, We never used to.
5: never used to.
0: These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
2: Um, well, Diaz can play left mid conventional in a four four two. for example. He is, he can you play reckon? Left-mid. Well, yeah, that's what he plays for Columbia. When he got when he got when he was the um player of the tournament at the um Cop America, he played left mid. Okay. Um
3: you go in Diaz stuff.
2: Um if I if if I could only have one of those two Yeah,
4: I um, think I think uh, new to higher.
2: Yeah, potentially is. But uh, yeah. I, uh, If I only have one of those two, I'd have Diaz. Yeah, that's probably
5: good. He showed more signs of for me being out. Whatever you say, system or not, he's showing more signs of being able to do this stuff. What we need him to do, it's like it's very well saying that we could train him to do this stuff. But I don't think he shows any signs of improving his press, is he, Rosie? In the games you've done? No, right. And and for me, that's a fundamental issue with having that. Unless we're completely going to ditch our entire way of of winning the ball back and trying to create extra. Yeah, that's that's the decision they've got to make. If they just they're ditching that, fine. stick with Darwin. Do you, do you guys finals, think
2: that um, we should be using the rest of this season to plan for next season and and to it play? Because
5: we... we've got we've got so many players out. Darth. What are you going to do? Particularly yeah. when you're bringing in two, three midfielders potentially.
1: Have we got how, how,
4: how many players have we got? Tiago
5: right, Diaz. Uh, we've right. got another forward out somewhere, we is Bobby back? Is he? gets back. Jack ill, apparently. Yeah,
4: got sent home. I know. No, I don't think we should do that, Dan. I think we should try and get in the top four. But yeah, I can see where you're coming from. If we lose two of the next three games, yeah, we should.
2: But You've got, go, you, you got some games to do a free hit on players, then, haven't you? And, and, you know, in terms of you know, this is this is this this is the way. But you know, for me, the whole thing was well, right from the moment. Right when we signed him, what was the plan to use him? It yeah. just seemed we didn't. Right from that, okay, we bought him. Players like you know, Klopp liked him. We he got wowed over by the Benfica games and stuff like that. But what was the plan to use him once he arrived? Because you know, it's not him and Cody have not been plug and play signings. That's my biggest beef with the whole thing. You know, one hundred percent. Gone are the days where a player would literally make his debut and look like he'd been playing for five years in the team.
5: Yeah, and that's what we're, that's what I think we're also we've got to get back to in some way, shape, or form. Um, because we we don't have the money to splash around 90 million pounds to not use them, yeah. Like a Calvin Phillips at City's going in the summer, isn't he? After a successful season at
2: City, has he played? He's not, but that's my point. It, they've splashed out Gu- was, yeah, 60 million Gu- Gu- Guardiola called him fat and then he yeah. played, <laughs> but that, but you know, they've splashed a lot of money on him. That would be our half of our budget.
5: And yes, City like, yeah, right see you later, you. Yeah, it's a
2: different world. It, is, it is crazy, actually. Um right, final question uh is from Tisaki again. Um why did we make the tactical variations and tactical decisions we did in the first half of the season? Um so Klopp and Lind is primarily there. Um with the with the with the passing of time, um Sai, do you want to go first on this? You know, we've got we've got time to look back at what we did pre-World Cup. What were all those funky variations and tactics all about and why do you think we were doing it?
3: I think we outthought ourselves. We thought it was... Galaxy brain. We got, little, we got a little bit too caught up in we were almost perfect. What are the things that, that created the the moments of fate of us not achieving? Then we changed to do those things... And doing those things had a huge cost. We were shit at all of the things
2: we were
5: brilliant at.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> there you go. Yeah, Phil, um, uh, do you think we went a bit galaxy brain then? Uh, absolutely. I think I think Simon's right. I
5: think we we were we were sort of revving around an eight, should we say? And then we thought, do you know what? Let's see if we can get that to a nine. And then we forgot that Manet left. And yeah. we forgot other things changed in the system, yeah. and we still tried to go for a nine, and then the whole thing broke. Yeah, because we just forgot that fundamentally something else has changed. And actually, as pointed out previously in other pods, our system has started to change from mano going into nine anyway. Mm. And I, I, I'm still not convinced they didn't realize. Well, they must have realized that, but it just seems a bit weird that they didn't then take that into consideration, moving into the new season with. Not going to play Bobby. It just seemed a bit odd with their approach. You're trying to tweak this area here when the middle area had completely changed. Anyway, I can can so, I just say,
3: you know, you know, from last season when we, when like the last third of the season, we noticed that we weren't as good. Yeah, and we thought it was a trade-off to kind of save ourselves to get through all of the four competitions. But we knew we weren't as good.
2: The attack attack fell off, fell down, didn't it? The defense was really good, to be fair, but the attack was really yeah, Yeah. exactly. And that that actually
3: cost us. They won games so that they thought their choices. we're we're vindicated so we can carry on doing this thing. We've done this so we can just work on this tiny little extra thing and everything will be good. I see it in coaches all the time across all sports. The result example, you watch you, uh, a coach watching a game of football and, and five, five players need to come off at at, at 55 minutes because they can't run anymore because they press like fucking lunatics in the first half to get a lead, a two-goal lead, whatever. They need to come off. They're five of the big players in the team, um, but some of them need to come off. And the coach sticks with it, sticks with it, sticks with it till they score one goal, panics, brings a couple on, and they it, the opposition hit the post twice and uh, miss a penalty. But they win 2-1. And he thinks
2: he was right. Yeah, outcome by that. Because the result yeah. worked. Yeah. yeah, Although it could
5: have been the greatest ever achievement, it also could have been, yeah. or it was,
2: one of the worst things that happened. Yeah, because it was too much was left to chance.
5: Well, yeah. And also, Zone 7 got massive kudos. Well, it shouldn't have done. There's lots of things that got kudos at the end of last season that really shouldn't have done because we all know, we all sat there. As I said, I a it off a cliff. And mm-hmm. it cost The Champions League final was a prime example of that. Yes, I know Corta had an amazing season, but we weren't, we know we weren't sharp. Mm. We weren't quite there. We weren't yeah. creating the big chances that we had been down on tap. So I think, yeah, it, and that also needs to change because Klopp used to learn from that kind of mistake. He needs to do a bit of reflection yeah, on his performance this season, who he's listened to, who he hasn't listened to, and put it right and go and have one of those pre-seasons that are legendary at the club. Yeah,
2: there was a lot of, um, after the FA Cup semi-final and the Villarreal home yeah. Semi final, there was a lot of sticky performances in that last month of the season, wasn't we, it?
5: We went away to build around. Was it 2 0 down? Was it?
2: Yeah, yeah. And then we, I know
5: we pulled it back, and everyone was like, well, we're amazing. Well, no, because yeah. we should never have been 2 0 two down. nil was away a pretty
2: performance as well. Yeah. Um, Rosie, last word to you on this. Um, on, on the last part of the TK Stacky question on this is that, um, um, right from the start of the season on the Darwin signing pods, um, we were talking about evolution and not just for the pun factor with Darwin, yeah. um, but do is this season the result of a totally botched attempt at evolving the site? Well,
4: it is, isn't it? Bit, it? That's what we've just been talking about with Nunes is you had a plan. You, it was trying to evolve it. Uh, it was trying to evolve the system. Lots of different tweaks to formations, tweaks to pressing setups.
2: Um, you mentioned put, you mentioned the P word there, Rosie. Do, 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 you, do you think there was a plan? Or do you think it was a completely Um, good good instinct, just a good good call on signing him?
4: I find it hard to imagine Klopp not having a plan. Um, But maybe maybe it didn't, or maybe, as you just mentioned there, there was a lot of outcome bias from the end of last season um, based on just the results rather than the underlying performances. And he just... Thought that Darwin would be the icing on the cake when, in fact, he's been um, the 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 milk's gone off <laughs> in, in the mix. Um, he's he's caused us lots of problems. Are uh, he's not suited where he thought he was going to play up front, and he's brought Gakpo in to try and be that Firmino link with uh, Nunez on the left. But yeah, we haven't evolved. We've we've regressed badly. Mm. And- and like Phil's just said, then and I think this is a key thing. Not only for tactics, he needs to reflect, and we need to have a complete utter agreement between all parts of the club again. And we haven't had that.
2: Mm.
4: In fact, so so, so devolution community. then devolution. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Sorry. uh, what does um? I'm not going to ask you what ChatGPT says about Darwin and the evolution. Or Bart's team, anyway.
3: you asking me a question?
2: I have to say, I'm not going to ask you. It was a rhetorical <laughs> question. I'm not going to ask you what <laughs> chat GPT says about Darwin and evolution. You're excited about Ireland. Yeah, uh, I get it. Oh, good grief. It wasn't even worth it. Edit that out, Roti. <laughs> right. But <laughs> not <on> that far, Michelle. <laughs> That's been your Under Pressure podcast this week. Rosie will be back on. How are you going to fit in the city pod in between the city and Ars- uh, city and Chelsea game, Rody? Which day are you doing it? Monday? Certain
4: yeah, we'll have to do the Monday. We'll have to do the Monday. Yeah, Sat- uh, Gags will be doing the press in on the Saturday, I'd imagine. So we-
2: maybe, yeah. maybe, hopefully, fingers
4: crossed.
2: Yeah, Like bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a double header of Chelsea, just Chelsea and Arsenal. After that, yeah, casual double header there. <laughs> anyway, good luck, chaps. You'll 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 do great.
4: Enjoy your holiday, mate. Enjoy
2: your holiday, mate. Thank you. First holiday since pandemic. First time going abroad, so Wow. Yeah.
3: Have fun, Tom.
2: Cheers, fellas. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And thank you, listeners, for some outstanding questions. It was a great show. Cheers.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free sh-
0: sports social podcast network